0: We are going to begin the mind-body health show here, uh, and to begin that show, I'm just going to say my name is Cobb. I'm live in the studio. I identify with his and her pronouns, and we have on the air our intrepid host, Dr. Marvin Trotter. Welcome, Cody.
1: Thank you. Good morning, Cobb. Thanks for being there. We're going to have an interesting show today. I uh, hope everybody will be educated on whippets by the end of the hour.
0: On whippets. And by the way, Marvin, you identify with his and him pronouns, correct? Yes. Yeah, did you catch that I said his and her pronouns? I was kind of uh, playing there. I typically go his and him, but yes, I'm fine with anything. Um, I've
1: been called many things in the ER. so We have a couple
0: of youth in the waiting room if you wanted to let
2: them in.
0: Uh, not in the ER waiting room, listeners. But you know how it goes with Zoom meetings, and they will be let in. Right. Yep. And that was the voice of our guest. Please yes. introduce our guest, Doctor Marvin Trotter.
1: Kate Fagan is a wondrous uh, director for the Drug Free Community Coalition, who um, is is doing some exciting work that I'm very happy about. And we're gonna talk about Whippets today, but introduce yourself, Kate.
2: Hi, my name's Kate Fagan. I'm the project director for the Drug-Free Communities Coalition. And our mission and goals are to impact um, substance abuse issues among youth and do community building and leadership development with youth. And so um, my pronouns are she, her, and I'm happy to be here with two of my youth today um, who can introduce. Wait, it looks like maybe we just have one so far. we're
3: um, Miranda Ash. But I'm here with go. Miranda. Go for it, Miranda. <laughs> yeah, I'm Miranda Ash. I'm a student at South Valley. I'm a junior. My pronouns are she, her. Um, yeah, I don't know. I'm a founding member of the DFC Youth Coalition. Right. Know happy
2: to be here today thank you for having us yeah yeah oh and here's randy would you like to introduce yourself randy
0: it'll happen here in a moment zoom can have a bit of delay out there listeners
1: yes well Uh, let's go yeah go ahead
2: Yeah, so these two folks here, these two youth um, are both founding members of our youth leadership coalition. And so last fall, we did our 12 month action plan for the coalition and the youth identified four projects that, oh, it's not letting Randy unmute, it says. Um, The youth identified four projects that they wanted to work on this year. And one is a restorative justice youth peer court project. One is a social justice mural project. Um, One is a digital storytelling project. And then the one we're here to talk about today is our WIPITS project, um, which has three components to it. So the first component is to Um, address the environmental impact that nitrous oxide has on our community and then um, to do uh, a community education component and then a, a policy change project that stems from our findings so we should probably do some background and talk about what whippets are and how they affect people
1: and we we can hear you. Um, it, you There's a wave to your voice a little bit. Okay. But I think that's a good part. Um, most people don't know what whippets are, so let's start with that definition.
0: Better? Okay. No. Keep going. Tell us about whippets.
2: phones would be better but they're not i guess
0: oh you're doing great go ahead tell us all about whippets
2: okay so um whippets are um meant to be whipped cream uh is a nitrous oxide it's a gas and it's meant to be a propellant to whip cream for your mocha or your latte um or your hot chocolate, but people are actually inhaling the gas and getting high from it. And it's a it's a pretty big problem here in in Mendocino County and throughout the world um, because it's easy to find, it's legal, it's um, pretty accessible for a lot of people. And so people um, get these and, and use them and, and inhale them. And, and also I think Another issue around whippets is that people don't realize how harmful they are. Um, and so there's a huge social impact and an environmental impact. And it's really impacting a lot of our very youngest citizens. People are using them in middle school um, without realizing the harms and the dangers. So these are just, you know, 11, 12 year old kids who are doing this and not realizing how dangerous it is
0: you know i'm just gonna jump now, in with, um, yeah well I, i'm just gonna jump in with a, a quick interjection an anecdote just myself i know in the last three years um i hiked and run along a road called mountain view road outside of boonville and i've noticed a lot of it with its containers on the side of the road showing up there just in the last few years
2: yeah, yeah. So you'll see them uh, when you're hiking and walking. You'll see them. They look like... What do they look like? Um, Miranda and Randy. They look like little,
3: little yeah, me- metal little cylinders. And they're, sometimes they're colorful, and sometimes when they're super old, they're like rusty, and,
4: mm-hmm. and they're
3: like blue and green and red. Like they're just everywhere. I'm sure you've seen them around. A lot of people. Tiny really
0: metal cylinders.
3: Yeah, little cylinders. Um,
2: they almost look like tiny submarines. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's something that really should only be used by coffee shops or restaurants. Um, it shouldn't be sold for for people to, to to use. And you know, the people who sell them, they know that they're not being used for for somebody's hot chocolate. You know, you don't. You're not going to go through that. A, a case of 30 um, in a week for making hot chocolate. Um, everyone is aware, and they know, and they continue to, to sell them anyway.
1: I want to I interject a, a good story here. The uh, head shop in Covalo, after three kids were killed driving 90 miles an hour on Whippets, uh, they quit selling Whippets in Covalo in October. And this was the decision of the individual um, head shop owner who there had been other other injuries to teen, teens in Covolo, and he uh, quit selling them. And um, I think there is a great deal of justice that needs to be done to stop having whippets sold uh, to 15-year-olds all over, or 11-year-olds all over Mendocino County. We can't sell... Flavored cigarettes, but you can go into a head shop and get all the whippets you want, and end up in the ER with seizures, brain damage, permanent problems um, from these um, uh, this fun and inha- fun inhalant. Because these kids just don't really know what they're doing. I don't think. Uh, I think it's a momentary thing at the you know when they first do it. I'd like to hear from, from Randy or Miranda how they see, you know, junior high and senior high kids, what their view of Whippets are.
3: Yeah, so pretty much they use it as like a party thing or something to do because there's really nothing to do here. So they just experiment and they enjoy the high and then they get addicted to it and then it's just a running down thing from there. Addiction is real and whippets they really give you severe effects necessarily like it happens to a lot of people happens to a lot of people here and they just really don't look at it that way they just think it's fun and they really pay attention to how they feel now not the effects that it'll later give them so
2: mm-hmm. yeah, I yeah.
3: Feel like our is really important so
2: <laughs> also something you were telling me yesterday miranda is that um it, what did you say? It's not worth, worth it, it, but uh, the length of the high isn't really worth it. the risk that people yeah. are taking,
3: right? Yeah. So how long is a high? The high is like 30 seconds, maybe. And usually people who do them, they enjoy that high, so they just continue to do them back after back. And it's really bad. A lot of people pass out because of the loss of the oxygen and things like that. So, I
0: really wonder miranda or any of our guests if you could explain some of the physiology of what's happening and why you know it's a 30 second high and what's going on in a person's body during that time
2: maybe dr trotter wants to take the physiology question i'm happy to talk about it too
1: yeah i think um i'd rather hear from kate uh it's nitrous oxide and you essentially are Fill in your lungs with that instead of oxygen, and you're getting right. toxic. But go ahead, Kate.
2: Right. So it's you know we we're depriving our our brain of oxygen um, for these little spans of time. Thirty seconds. Sometimes it's sixty seconds. We can't control the dose that well. You know, if if somebody is inhaling a gas, um, you it's very easy to Inhale so much that you you know completely pass out. People hit their heads. Um, they sustain pretty long term brain damage. It's something that we see uh, a lot of brains are just not recovering from because they're they they've been deprived of oxygen for so long that they um, you know we see actual like tissue damage, um, tissue dead dead tissue. And so and we also don't know uh, what part of the brain is going to be affected at any given time. And so people's, the fallout, the physical fallout is totally varied among people. So sometimes it affects how somebody walks. Sometimes it is affecting their speech. Sometimes it's um, just their cognitive abilities. And so I've seen so many young people working in this community for the past 16 years who I knew before they started using whippets and they're totally different people now um I mean those are the ones who have actually survived using them I've been I'm walking through the cemetery right now and there are lots of kids that are buried here because of this problem that I know personally and the ironic thing is that A lot of people come to the cemetery to use whippets to spend time with the people that they love who have passed on and they use and they post pictures of themselves on social media with a whipped cream canister in their hands i'm sure miranda and randy can attest to this and the people that they're honoring have died from it um and so it's it's pretty tragic that, that that's how they choose to grieve is to, to cause the same damage to themselves.
1: Well, I think they, they feel somehow responsible in some way if they're their close friends and they're punishing themselves. I'm not mm-hmm. a psychologist, but I think there's some of that. And I want everybody to realize what Kate said. You're essentially having a stroke and it's not in any particular pattern And just like methamphetamines and people that have – they get old that have frontal lobe strokes. So just behind your forehead, your frontal lobes is your uh, personality, who you are as a person, how people see you, et cetera. And when you knock off enough of your anterior lobes, you're not the same person. You may be walking and talking, but you're not yourself. Um, I would like to hear from Randy and Miranda – about how they see the people that they work with and and how they perceive whippets. Do they see that it's just a harmless drug?
3: I don't necessarily know harmless. Like, obviously, anything that you're inhaling is affecting you in some type of way, but they just really don't care, you know? They just want that escape, and they love it. They enjoy it, and they just don't really care, so it's just... Yeah, I'm not sure what else to say about it. You have anything to add, Kate,
2: but. Yeah, I, don't, I think maybe it doesn't feel real to, to people, you know, they can hear the information and they're, they feel like maybe this isn't going to happen to me. What do you think, Randy? Is that what's happening with the young people that you're seeing doing this? <laughs>
4: um. I don't know if you guys can hear, but I think yes, they don't right. really know yeah. about the repercussions of it. Okay, good. Yeah. Um, I don't think that they know about the repercussions of it. I don't think that they know how serious this is because it's not like a hard drug. I think they just... to just mm-hmm. um, well,
1: so happened to
0: them? Hey, right. So let's take just a moment here. I want you all to know that you're listening to KZYX. This is the Mind Body Health Show. My name's Cobb. I'm live in the studio, and we have several guests with us today. You've been hearing us talk about uh, Whippets and uh, the troubles uh, in our community around Whippets, especially amongst the younger generations. Having said that, uh, our host today is Dr. Marvin Trotter, and our guest is Kate Fain, the Program Director at the Drug-Free Communities Coalition. Um, Amongst some other guests we have, if you could reintroduce them, Kate, and maybe uh, after that, step back a little bit and tell us a little bit more about the Drug-Free Communities Coalition.
2: Sure, yeah, I'm joined by Miranda and Randy, who are some of the founding members of our, our youth leadership coalition and the drug free communities coalition is um, it's a grant from the center for disease control. And the, the idea is to um, form a coalition of adults who support a coalition of young people and the projects that they identify that they would like to work on that impact the community. So, um, the way it's supposed to work is that the Youth Leadership Coalition guides the work of everyone, and we bring stakeholders together in the community from um, all, a whole host of sectors that um, affect the lives of youth. So we have people in healthcare, we have people from the county government, we have people from the schools on our coalition. We have Um, local uh, civic leaders and the goal is to support these young people and the work that they feel is the most impactful and important to do in our community. Um, And so the Whippets project was identified by our young people as a real big problem that is not being addressed in any official way. And so we want to raise awareness about the issue and um do a a policy project around it we want to talk about how can we keep our our young people safe who maybe are not aware or not really thinking about the long-term uh consequences of of living with severe brain trauma and brain damage later on
0: right um before we expand a little more into whippets uh i wonder miranda could you give us a little outline of working with this coalition and what that's looked like uh, from your perspective?
3: Yeah, from my perspective, working with this coalition has been fantastic. Like, I just love to see that there's a group of young people who are willing to, like, be a part of community change and, like, being a part of positive projects for our community. like i'm so grateful to be a part of this coalition and i'm so grateful that there's something like this here so Mm -hmm. yeah i think it's fantastic
0: and what's the workload been like for you like uh how many people are participating what kind of meetings are you having uh if you're having meetings uh what's that picture
3: weekly meetings and um There's not that many people in our coalition, What we're trying to get more youth involved by doing, like, presentations to try to tell them about it, just get the word spread, and we have a social media as well, but it's just pretty much we meet weekly. It depends on what meetings you attend. You don't have to attend all, but I attend, like, two or three of them. I don't even know, but, yeah, I don't know. It's just really, it's nice. It's a great group of people. You know, we all get along, and we're creating new friends and just... Really make an impact as much as we can.
0: What's the general size of that group been? How many people
3: maybe like four or five people each group? Or maybe less. I don't know. It depends. Everybody's kind of our core Yeah, our core number and then we have
2: probably ten on the actual official list, but Mm -hmm. you know, we have kids who are pretty busy and so they're not able to make all the meetings, but we're hoping to um, recruit more young people who want to make a difference in their community. Um, I just want to put in a plug that um, seniors can use this project for their, you know, for their senior project if they wanted to, and South Valley students can use it for the project-based learning that they're doing. Um, and young people who need community service hours can get their community service hours signed off on by us. With their, their work that they're doing so we're you know we want it to be a mutually beneficial relationship and something that I thought of when I started this coalition was that we needed to give
1: in oh, oh we, we lost you I'm gonna I'm gonna take it from there for just a moment while Kate gets back on is that uh, the one thing that Uh, First of all, remember, for people that don't realize it, the whippets look like tiny silver oxygen tanks that are about two inches long that are littered everywhere. I didn't know from Miranda that it can be colored, but I see scores of them under the bridge in Redwood Valley and out in Covalo. And what the purpose of the uh, group is that I really support is to try to get them banned in Mendocino County. Um, Sorry about that. Okay, I would like to see very much, um, uh, uh, first of all, a ban by the city council and then a ban by the Board of Supervisors. Ribalto is a city in, in Central California. The mayor's son was killed in a car accident by somebody on whippets. Somebody on whippets was high and ran over his son, killed him, and the city banned the sale of whippets. And as Kate can tell you, or told me, you can get the whippets, you know, from grocery stores, et cetera. But the fact that you can go into a, any sort of head shop in Mendocino County and buy 30 of these is completely unreasonable to me. Um, we have a lot less, you know, you can't buy candied cigarettes, but you can buy whippets. So what I would like to see is the group, and especially the youth in the group, present to the city council and, and have the the sales band, um, just like they do a lot of things. And then they could get the uh, County Board of Supervisors to do the same thing. This is what's best for the health of our teenagers.
2: Yeah, absolutely. It's just, it is not okay to be able to have a young person be able to go buy 30 at a time um, in any local shop.
0: So uh, maybe beginning with uh, Miranda, maybe Randy, I'm kind of targeting Miranda just because your audio is coming through quite clearly for us. Uh, Nothing against you out there, Randy, but chime in as you can. Um, Having said that, I'm wondering if there's contact information that you can present to our listening audience as they hear this and become interested to learn more and potentially participate with you.
3: Yeah, we have a social media. I'm not quite Mm -hmm. positive what it is at the moment. It's it's at Ukiah
2: Youth Coalition.
3: Yeah. And you could just, like, DM us or something and we'll get a hold of you. Yeah.
2: (laughs) We we uh, could also, I wonder if we could post our flyers on the KZYX website. Could we do that?
0: Uh, Most certainly. Contact the... uh, general office here i'm going to put that number out for folks not only um for you later to to post on the kzyx website but for anybody listening we're doing our quiet drive right now and if you're enjoying the show and you appreciate the information you hear call up kzyx at 707-895-2324 or go online at kZx.org and you can become a member. Talk to one of our staff. That's 707 And, Kate, can you uh, also outline that contact information for your organization one more time? You have the clearest audio yeah. in our fun Zoom meeting <laughs> today.
2: Okay. Well, um, it's on, we're on Instagram at, at Ukiah Youth Coalition. So that's a great way to get a hold of us. Um, and we have we'll have Zoom links and flyers that we can post on your website as well, uh, which and we'll have email addresses and contact information there. We would really love to see more youth get involved in the work that we're doing. Um, we're just beginning. We're just starting, and um, we're already gaining so much traction and getting so much done. I'm really impressed with the drive of these young people. Um, and how much they've been able to accomplish in such a short amount of time. And I'd really like us all to be supporting their work.
0: Yeah, and the, the regular meetings you had mentioned, Miranda, um, is that something that's open to the public?
3: Yeah, absolutely.
0: Could you tell us when those meetings are and and where to go to, to make sure they can get involved with that?
3: Um, I think... Monday, we have the Whippets meeting, and that's at four, and we have a Zoom link, and yeah. if anybody's interested, we can send it out to you. Um, Kate, know when the
4: Yeah, so,
2: yeah, our, our youth court meeting is Tuesdays at four, um, and then on Wednesdays, we meet about the mural project, um, and I think that's also at four, and then once a month, we gather all together the entire coalition on the first Friday of the month at three and we discuss our, our work and update each other on the different projects that we're doing. And so we can we can post all the flyers for all of those um, on your website.
1: And I want you to know that I, <clears throat> I think going in front of the city council and board of supervisors with the youth is very impactful to the adults Because if Mm -hmm. the youth are there saying this is important, it brings a lot of weight to the subject. And I think they know what's happened to their friends. And so it's more personable to them than me talking about it physiologically. Um, Right. I think that is a very important part of it.
2: Right. And I also just wanted to mention, you you made a, a note of this earlier, but I wanted to mention that we were inspired... To do this project by round valley um the 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 tribe there saw it as a problem and decided to do something about it and they did a big cleanup which is what we're doing now but we we're really following their their we were inspired by them um and following their lead and so we're asking them to join us in the policy portion of this project and we would like um, other outlying areas in Mendocino County to join us as well if your community is inspired to do the same thing and then we can all join together um, and impact you know, a wide policy change project.
0: And currently uh, you're based out of Ukiah? Is that correct?
2: We are in Ukiah. Yeah. So we hope that other communities in Mendocino County uh, want to do cleanups as well and, you know, do the community education and then join us for the, the policy portion of this project which will be happening this summer uh, where we're going to ask for a policy change that's countywide.
1: So I, I, I want her, I, I want to also support, you know, Valerie Moore at Yuki Trails in Covelo. They had several kids die in a car accident. I saw another t- a uh, 20-something-year-old that could not stand out of, could not get up out of a chair because of the brain damage he had had, um, and had weakened his legs, and he looked like he had had several strokes or multiple sclerosis, and because of those tragedies in Covelo, they did this great cleanup of Covelo, and the head shop gave up selling the whippets. And yeah. I'll tell you, the distributor, the Whippets, was not happy with that because they don't want to lose their money getting sold in all the head shops in Mendocino County. And I, I would hope yeah. that we can follow Kovala's lead and get this cleaned up in the whole county. I think that's a right. very important thing.
2: Yeah, we, we were really inspired by what Valerie was able to accomplish. And we'd like to celebrate those, those um, smoke shops that uh, make the right choice and you know highlight the fact that they are you know supporting what their community needs so we, we're certainly going to ask that first and then and then stemming from that do the policy change work
0: so what what has that looked like for you so far what kind of efforts and outreach have you done in terms of seeking a, a ban on whippets you're talking like a You've talked to head shops directly. Is that correct?
2: No, we haven't yet. We're we're just doing the cleanup portion right now. So we're starting with the timeline is uh, a few months of cleanups, uh, community cleanups, and people can come and get involved in those. So we did one on the rail trail last month, and then we did one at Lake Mendocino this month. Um, and we'll get the flyers to you about those. But um, so we're just doing a big cleanup because we'd like to show uh, the magnitude of the environmental problem as well. Um, and actually just show how many we've found, how many we've done. Um, and so if people listening, see them around, we're gathering them, we just like to show the collective impact to this beautiful valley as well. Um, and then there, we feel like that will give us the narrative that we need to start the policy work this summer. We're not doing the policy work yet. Yep. We're just doing cleanups and then do community issues. And, and then we'll be following that the policy.
0: Got it. So right now, uh, your plan is uh, raising awareness uh, by doing cleanups. Miranda, did you participate in any of those cleanups?
3: Yeah, I participated in all of them. And I was actually really shocked of how much whippets we did find. Like, I knew it was a problem, but I didn't realize how much of a problem it was. So I'm, like, extra invested in it now that I saw the outcome of our first cleanup. So it's really dangerous. Right. I really hoping we could spread the awareness out. Can,
0: can you, and, and again, Randy, please chime in uh, also if you'd like to um will you describe for us what that experience was like uh what it looked like how many people and what you did
4: yeah i could go if you guys can hear yeah. me
0: yeah go for it randy please
4: cool so we started around the costco area on the railroad tracks and then we walked down to goby and honestly before starting this project i didn't know what whippets were or what they looked like um So I think for me, it was really eye-opening because it really just gave me kind of perspective because we've been talking about it in our meetings and kind of talking about what they were and what they looked like. But I think having like seeing them on the ground everywhere, it was really like scary for me because people will do them like one after another after another because the high only lasts a few minutes. So yeah, it was just really eye-opening and scary for me.
0: What did you see on the ground? How many did you pick up and how many of you were there?
4: Um, I'm not really sure about the numbers, but we had like buckets, small buckets, and we all had a bunch. <laughs> I don't really know the numbers, but it was a lot. Kate, if you want to answer with numbers. I'm going to say we probably uh, filled a, a five-gallon bucket halfway with maybe, or maybe
2: a little less than that from the you know costco parking lot all the way to goby street that was just that little stretch of the railroad tracks that we covered
0: um, which buckets is pretty of significant tiny metal cylinders correct
2: yeah right and um we had a good turnout we had probably 12 people that day maybe picking up it
0: Nice. Uh, Pretty good time.
2: Also, yeah, I mean, it was was great to, to get out and do something together. You know, with COVID, I think the other thing that is really wonderful about this coalition is the young people have something to do that's positive, that's making a positive difference in their community. And they feel like they're accomplishing something and that they're doing something and it's also fun, you know, we have some social time and uh, we're practicing social distancing and following COVID protocols, but we're also able to have some social time and and have fun together, do something that feels good for the community.
1: It was interesting talking to a friend of mine who bicycles around a lot. She sees hundreds of these things and she said she thought they were for um, uh, flat tires. You know, people are just so ignorant of what these little metal cylinders were for. I had no idea, you know, a year or two ago. I thought they were some sort of drug abuse, but I had no idea until I started seeing the patients in Covalo and about this tragic car accident that killed three people. Um, I think people yeah. see these all over the place and just don't realize.
2: Right. Yeah. So if you're out there walking and hiking around and picking them up, we will take them because we would like to have a real visual image of of what this looks like. Um, And I'm wondering if, Randy, if your audio's good enough, if you wanted to talk about the environmental impacts that we've learned about.
4: Yeah, Um, I'd love to share. Great. Yeah, so um, when they're being made, they're made using steel, and this melting process um, can 3.8 tons of carbon dioxide which like when they're being made, it contributes to global warming. And then after they're used, whippets can't be recycled because um, if any of them still have gas when they're pressed, then they'll explode because of the pressure. So it's a safety concern. So then all of these whippets that we find, they just have to be put into landfills. So it's, it's really harmful. And a lot of whippets also end up in waterways and rivers which like affects them and it affects the animals too, because a lot of people do them outside. So, yeah.
1: I have another story for you. Um, This one guy that I had to take care of was using whippets at a campfire uh, outside when one of them exploded, as Randy was talking about in the campfire went through their chest right under their left collarbone They got helicoptered out, got six units of blood and had their chest opened up and, you know, did major damage to their vascular system and their left lung with one of these exploding in a campfire. And it's just hard for me to believe that we can't do something better about this in Mendocino County with all, you know, this is something that we can direct a lot of attention to and make a difference.
0: Great. And I'm going to interject just one more time, everybody. Uh, this is the Mind Body Health Show on KZYX Radio. If you just tuned in, um, our host, as you just heard, is Dr. Marvin Trotter. My name's Cobb. I'm in the studio, and we are joined by several guests today, uh, including the program director of the Drug Free Communities Coalition. That's Kate Fagan. Pardon me, Kate. And a few other guests, if you could uh, both say your names for us. Miranda.
4: Yeah, hi, I'm Randy. My pronouns are they, them. Um, I go to UESA. I'm Miranda
3: Ashurst. I'm a student at South Valley.
0: Okay, and could one of you describe to us, uh, we were just talking about the Whippets container and the difficulty of uh, the manufacture and disposal of them. For anyone who just tuned in, would you describe just what they are and what they look like again?
4: Yeah, so whippets are canisters. They're metal. Um, we've seen some that are blue. They're silver, red, green. Um, they're only a few inches long. Um, some of them say whippets on it.
0: And it sounds like you were saying because of the compressed gas, they can't be recycled. Um, it, how are they disposed of other than obviously throwing them on the side of the roads and pathways?
4: Um, I just know that they go to landfills. I'm not really sure where it goes from there.
2: Yeah. They're just filling up our, our landfills for this quick little high.
0: So, and they're they to- they're legally disposable in the regular trash stream as well? Like, they'll take them at the landfill if you want to dispose of what you've collected?
4: Yeah, I believe um, I think so. They do take them.
2: Yeah, they'll take them there. Yeah, but they're just going to just sit there for however, probably forever, I guess. I don't really know, know uh, how it works with, with steel, but I think they just will
1: be
0: filling up the landfill. Ah, the great um, way of the landfill. I would landfill. like to
1: make a point before we take phone calls that if I want people to be very clear that they when they have a stroke from these things, it's permanent brain damage. You don't recover the the walking ability or your thought processes or your, you know, whatever you have stroked out in your brain. And the cost physic- financially um and and emotionally and spiritually to these people is permanent. You are not going to be a normal person the rest of your life after you've stroked out from these things. And the and the and the society is going to be supporting you for the for decades. The the cost of caring for these people is enormous if you don't kill yourself driving 90 miles an hour in the car. So I, I just yeah. you know it's just um This is badness in many ways. Uh, Yeah.
2: And so as a drug and alcohol counselor in this community for 16 years, you know, there's this point of no return that I talk about with substances, right? Where some substances, you know, alcohol, for example, somebody can actually start to heal their body at a certain point if they stop early enough, right? And they can get better and they can do some things to heal their body. Um, but the point of no return with whippets is so soon. Um, and it's quick. And I think that's, what's really scary about this is the people who are using them are very young and they have a very long life ahead of them if they survive using these. And then, uh, they will be living out these physical consequences for that long life. And I think that's what is so devastating about this issue.
0: Uh, Kate, can you tell us a little bit more about your work as a drug and alcohol co- uh, counselor and what you've seen uh, in mm-hmm. regards to Whippets use locally?
2: Yeah, well, I, I've been working with youth in this, in this county, like I said, for 16 years. And um, I was uh, working for the county as a substance abuse counselor, you know, licensed substance abuse counselor, working with youth on probation and in, in juvenile hall for a lot of that time, most of it. And, you know, I would see kids who would come in uh, to juvenile hall, maybe after a, a bender of, of using whippets and just really struggling cognitively, struggling struggling physically, really having a hard time uh, doing the things that they used to be able to do. Um, you know, I had a young person who was in a talented and gifted programs at school when they were younger uh, in elementary school, and then they started using Whippets, and that young person struggled to read in ninth grade. They were really having trouble just forming words and reading words on a page, um, which just caused all these other consequences for that individual, and it was just heartbreaking to see the, you know, at 14 years old, the damage that they had already sustained
0: And what age do you suspect they were when they began?
2: That particular person was 10 uh, when they started. But what I saw when I was working with middle schoolers was, you know, seventh grade. That summer uh, when people are entering seventh grade seems to be a tipping point for a lot of these young people when they start experimenting or they start hearing things like, oh, try this, you know, it's harmless. It makes, you know, it just is a funny thing that we can do together. Um, And it's not really a drug. I heard that a lot. It's not really a drug. It's just this funny thing that you can inhale and um, makes you feel differently. And so I think that's part of the education that we want to do is to help young people understand that it you know, it is a drug, and it's really one of the most devastating drugs.
0: So, Miranda, can you kind of outline uh, what age and grade level you're at and what your perspective has been as far as seeing whippet use and your sense of how broad it is?
3: Yeah, I'm a junior, so I'm 17, and I have, like, friends who've experimented here and there, and a few of them just continuously do it. So it's kind of just like, I don't know, Using whippets, it really ruins relationships. You lose a lot of friends with it because people don't really want to be around that, you know, and they just want to get high and they want to try to convince you to get high and it's not really what people want. You know, a lot of people are very against it cause they do know the effects and they do know the consequences from doing it. So yeah, I just think that a lot of youth here, especially, are very experimental and they don't care and they don't really are they're not educated on the effects from it so it's kind of just like we're trying to spread the education part of knowing that youth do experiment but it's better to just be very careful when you do to make sure like I don't know addiction's real so it's just really difficult and a lot of family issues with addiction as well and
4: mm-hmm. just really
3: sad to see.
2: Yeah, and I think that maybe some of your friends feel like they're somehow immune to it, right? And that it just won't happen to them.
4: Like, somehow they're protected. Yeah,
2: Yeah, and that's probably really painful for you as their friend to see and to be around when you're working really hard to achieve your goals.
3: Yeah, hopefully with our movement, more people will be educated and actually care, so...
0: On that note, I hope so. If we can circle back one more time, and either uh, any one of you can can take this, Miranda, Randy, Kate, and give a real quick description of whippets, what they are, what the process is for getting high, how long it lasts, the the whole outline from beginning to end, uh, for people that just have no idea that are tuning in, like what's a wait, what's a whippet? What?
2: What? <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah, well, it's nitrous oxide. Is, is It's a gas, and it's heavier than oxygen. And so when we inhale it, people inhale it uh, using whipped cream uh, canisters or whipped cream. It's a propellant, so it goes in the whipped cream maker. And instead of making whipped cream with it and putting cream in there, they just inhale the gas. And the gas uh, goes into their lungs really quickly and settles in there for anywhere from 30 seconds to 90 seconds. And it causes this very quick, short, short lasting euphoria um, for people. And then oftentimes they pass out, they fall down, they hit their heads, they injure their bodies and they um, sustain pretty traumatic brain damage from it. And the people it's affecting most are, are young people in our community and then the other issue is the environmental impact. So we see them all over the ground. We see them in the waterways and we can't recycle them. So we're we're just filling up our landfills with them.
0: On that note, uh, Dr. Marvin Trotter, our intrepid host, tell us, take it from there and what you've seen in the ER very briefly to recap that.
1: It's just that, you know, you don't see young people with stroke symptoms. And, you know, most of the things that I notice is the motor problems where people can't walk or talk or, you know, use their extremities normally. But I think there's also a lot of cognitive things. I think it's tragic to hear about a gifted student that's having trouble reading in the ninth grade because they've messed up their frontal lobes and learning centers so much. So it's not it's not a it's a. It'll hurt you many ways, and you just don't realize it. Maybe you used it and gotten high and have great feeling your arms and legs work, but you don't realize that you're not the same person. And I want to put in one effort, effort here. I think the adults in the community should be doing much more for teens and the young people and the children in our community. If you want to look up Iceland, drugs, and teens, Iceland, drugs, and teens, on your computer, um, we need to do a lot more in this community uh, for our children and teens. And and they should be having a lot more to do in the community other than using whippets out in the, in the field. You know, we've lost the bowling alley and the skating rink, and we just need to do a lot more for our young people. And that's our issue, not theirs. Okay. Right.
2: Yeah, and I just wanted to point out that I saw a statistic this morning when I was looking at at this issue, and um, I saw that nationally here, 22% of of young people who are are doing whippets for the first time, the first time they die, the first time that they do it, um, which is astronomical. That's a really big number. Um, People just, it just kills them immediately. Um, Say that again, please. Say that 22%, 22% of people who use it the first time die the first time they use it. So Unbelievable. It's, um, yeah, it's a really high number. It's just, I mean, we're talking about all the brain damage and the, the fallout, you know, for someone's life, but also we need to talk about the fact that people often just die the first time they do it. Um, so it's just, it's way too risky of a, of a drug to just experiment with, um, you know, and so it's just not something that we want in the hands of, of our young people here.
0: And you've seen those kinds of effects directly here in Mendocino County, correct?
2: Right. Yeah. Been to a lot of funerals. um, That's why she's walking around this.
0: Right.
2: Yeah. I'm walking in the cemetery and I'm, I'm thinking about all these kids that are, you know, are these young people who are here because of, of Whippets and also all the young people who come here to, to use Whippets. And um, it's, it's pretty devastating. For our community.
0: Okay. We have just a few minutes left of the show. Um, can we get a quick recap on what the drug free communities coalition is and how to participate and where to look in order to participate?
2: Yeah. So, so the drug free community Co- Communities Coalition is um, actually housed at the um, the Arbor, which is a, a Redwood Community Services um, Youth Resource Center, and we are a coalition of local stakeholders who care about youth and youth issues. And so we are, you know, political figures. We're county government officials. We are healthcare workers, social workers, counselors, school teachers, counselors, um, and we all get together once a month and talk about the youth in our community and how we can support them. And we are led by our youth leadership coalition, and they really lead the work, and we're centering and elevating their voices and what they think is the most important um, to tackle in terms of impacting their well-being in our community. So We are um, led by them and we have projects that we identify every year to work on. And this year we have four. We've got a restorative justice peer court, which just got a grant funded uh, in collaboration with probation. Um, So it's going to be a real peer court that you can get involved in. Uh, If you'd like to to know more information about that, you can see the KZYX website and see the flyer for that. and then we have a mural project that is a has is a social justice mural project. So we are going to be bringing mural murals to the, this town that highlight certain social justice issues. And then um, we have a, a digital storytelling project that we're going to actually highlight our our each of our projects through digital story later this this year. So um, lots of amazing work happening right now with these. Um, incredible young people
0: and how can people contact you
3: yeah if you're wanting to reach out you can follow us on instagram at ukai youth coalition and we also have a facebook and that's called arbor drug Free communities coalition so we post educational stuff on there and we post what we're doing on there and you can reach out at any time if any of you are interested or have any more questions
2: Yeah. Please get involved. These, these young people really deserve our attention and our, um, our effort to, to help them.
0: All right. We have just a minute left to go. Uh, any final words you want to put out there? Uh, Randy, one of our guests, if you will.
4: Um, I would say just keep looking out for whippets and if you see some you know contact us and maybe we'll put that on our list of places to clean up or we can take those um yeah just keep an eye out for them and try to um notice them because i think it makes it really more real to you to see to see them in person so
0: is is that part of your project that you're collecting mm-hmm. the physical containers just to amass a certain amount of them to show mm-hmm. the community? Yeah. Okay.
3: Yeah. And- yeah, so we- we'll take them. Yeah, I think one of our end goals is we potentially might make an art project out of them to try to make something impactful showing about Whippets and like trying to make it beautiful, but yet still impactful in a way like it will speak for itself because if we make them out of the lip canisters then it just really shows like the you know
2: <laughs> the magnitude right of, of how big a problem it is here if we have them all in one place about it I think it'll just really make more of an impact maybe than talking talking about it or doing presentations to classrooms or different things that you know, we, we do, um, this is just another way to highlight the issue.
0: Got it. And, uh, Kate, can you, um, just give some quick finishing words for us because we're coming up on the end of the program right now, everybody.
2: Yeah. Well, I think, um, this is our opportunity as adults to show up for these young people and to show them that we care deeply about, them and and how the community um cares for for them and um they're the ones leading this work in the community and they're the ones who are identifying what really matters to them and so we need to listen and we need to do what we can to support them in making this community a a better place for them as they come up in the world
0: thank you kate Fain, program director uh, for the Drug Free Communities Coalition, longtime drug and alcohol counselor locally, and with that we're finishing out the show. Uh, you got any finishing words, intrepid host Dr. Marvin Trotter? Uh, no,
1: you did another great job. Thank you, Cobb, and support KZAX because without KZOAX, you would never have all these interesting programs on the radio that could make that make our community
0: better. All right. Thanks, Marvin. Uh, Thanks for being here. That You're hearing from uh, Kate Fagan, uh, Miranda, and Randy from the Drug-Free Communities Coalition, everybody. Uh, My name is Cobb. I've been in the KZYX Studio Engineering. Thanks for staying tuned, everybody.